0: Hello everyone, welcome to Real Stuff with me, Hunter Johnson. We live in an interesting time for masculinity. It's an inflection point, we might say. The script we've inherited from our fathers and grandfathers is being questioned. Whether it's the increasing rates of mental illness, loneliness, education dropout rates, incarceration rates or domestic violence, it's clear something needs to change. So we have to ask ourselves, are the models of masculinity we've inherited working for us? Who do we look to for role modeling and inspiration? What does modern masculinity actually look like? And how do we embody this without losing our favorite masculine traits? The Real Stuff Podcast creates a space for these messy and imperfect conversations to explore modern masculinity and so much more. I hope you have a laugh, shed a tear and learn something as we explore these edgy yet important topics. This week we get intimate with Essendon skipper Dyson Heppel. Dyson is an absolute legend of a bloke and a renowned leader in the AFL. Alongside being an incredible athlete and captain, he openly speaks up about mental health about building trusting and caring cultures in high performance environments and the importance of contributing to communities who need it the most. He's played 191 AFL games and kicked 62 goals. That sounds pretty handy to me. I really enjoyed this potty. We cracked open topics like setting boundaries when it comes to social media, staying true to your values and using sport as a platform to raise awareness in the world. We talked about mental fitness, tactics to stay measured, personal relationships and what it's like to run on at the G in front of 100,000 people. And most importantly, how do you be real with the loved ones in your life? I hope you enjoy it. Well, Dice, um, first of all, thank you for being here, dude. Um, No worries, man. Well, I think the cool, interesting thing about our story of knowing each other is through your older brother. Um, And I think for anyone listening, Jamin, your older brother with slightly less hair, is... and less height uh, <laughs> is. Um, you know was a co-founder of the Man Cave, and I think a pretty special journey to have gone on. Now that Man Cave's, you know, gone on this incredible journey, it's now national. Jamin's. Uh, off living in another country at the foot of uh, one of the most iconic mountains in the world, over in uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, but I also know, like, how much of uh, although you're slightly younger than him, I know how much he does look up to you too. So it is, uh, it's been pretty special to just watch the Heppel clan. Yeah, you know, even with ours as well, and over the years, and um, that extends as well to your parents, like you know they've just been phenomenal in bringing me in i've been down to the beach house down at and um um you know and i know it's yeah it's just really special what your family's done in my life too mate oh that's
1: awesome man no thanks so much that's uh that's very kind words from you and um i've been very fortunate to have a very uh loving and tight-knit family which is which is awesome and um as you say jamin he's uh he's Kicking it in Tanzania at the moment, living there and haven't seen him for a couple of years, but uh, keeping in regular contact and he's doing some amazing things. And um, yeah, sort of uh, quite inspired by what he's been able to do, um, you yeah, know, firing up Captain's Camp and, and with you in the man cave. And um, he's always been a go getter, um, always pursuing something and he comes up with these ideas and just rips into it. So uh, yeah, I no, love what he's doing and um, yeah, good on you.
0: Amazing mate, yeah, he's, I'm sure we'll get him on. But mountains and marathons, his latest uh, project. Never really travelled the world, so he thought he'd build a business to try and do it. <laughs> he's That's <off> the, his <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know this. We could have a separate yeah, conversation yeah. on that, um, mate. Just for listeners who don't know the background to who you are, would you be able to just give a, like a real kind of summary as to like what who you are and like what's brought you to kind of being the man you are today?
1: Yeah, beauty. Well, I guess uh, Dyson Heppel, brother, son, um, partner. Uh, dad to a couple of dogs um, and play for the Essendon Footy Club and um, been the skipper for the last five years. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a uh, little background growing up in, in South Gippsland, a place called Langatha. Um, very fortunate to have uh, some amazing friends uh, down that way and had a really tight-knit crew. Um, growing up in the country, I think just getting involved in, in as many sports as I possibly could. Loved, loved all my sport. Um, heavily involved in basketball and and footy as well and um, I guess I, I really looked up to my old man who who was a quite a good country footballer um, had the big flowing mullet back in the day uh, redhead um, and hear plenty of stories about how good he was but um, no look I, I yeah, did really enjoy going to you know watching play as a little kid and then get involved in Auskick and follow that pathway but Um, yeah I loved my childhood growing up down there a lot of camping I spent a lot of time at the beach in Inverloch at our little beach shack there that you've been to Um, yeah heading up to the Murray River water skiing things like that so uh, yeah I was really grateful to have a a really um, fortunate upbringing yeah
0: and family values are something both from your mum and your dad, I know are just so strong in you guys, and, and that's through all the brothers that I've seen. But also, you know, I've seen your family help each other out to certain points, and I think it's it's incredibly inspiring to witness a family unit stay together, not just in the high times, but when things get real, yeah, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely and i think that's such a good call like every everyone and every family um every unit goes through their ups and downs and we certainly have across our time but i think just you know the the values that uphold that you know certainly just a loving and supporting connected unit and i think um you know we were super competitive as kids as well you know as a in particular our little brother as he was crazy you know just so competitive and i just love that aspect though that we brought out in each other and yeah, you know, always had a crack at uh, you know trying to one up each other and beat each other at whatever it was, but it was also you know the underpinning thing of it all was just real love for each other and um, had a lot of care for each other, which is awesome. Yeah,
0: and I, I think you know, <laughs> poor Az as well, two high, high achieving, <laughs> high performing older brothers, big personalities kind of trying to remain relevant in the pecking order, yeah. uh, and often was the cheeky, naughty kid who got attention. So yeah. yeah, that's
1: as. No, he's an absolute ripper, but he's, you know, as is the most caring bloke that, you know, I've ever met, and he's, uh, no, he's an absolute ripper, but as you say, so cheeky, always getting up to mischief, but seemed to get away with everything too, but... Um. Yeah, I was semi. I I will say I was the golden child, so I got away with everything, and <laughs> yeah. would try and pin it on Azar if it
0: was, something went wrong. But um, yeah, nah, bloody good fun as kids. It was great, amazing man. And growing up, like you mentioned, sport was like religion for you guys. It was just like every weekend. You know, most days during the week, it was just what you guys did. When did you start to notice that you had, like, a little bit extra, you know, or just mm. things were clicking on the field and, and you know, like you, you're playing different sports but you're just starting to recognise things are starting to move, the game's slowing down. When yeah. did that start to click in for you? Yeah, good call. Um, oh, look, it's – I think coming through
1: Auskick and then rolling into my first year of footy with Langatha Parrots, Mighty Parrots uh, – under 12s, so I was 11, bottom age at the time. Dad was the coach, um, and we had quite a quite a good team at the time. And I think in my first game, I kicked five goals, four, uh, a few behinds. Um, <laughs> and probably throughout that, you know, a couple of those, my, my early days in juniors, um, was quite handy, and, and probably realised, you know, I was um, matched it with some of the better players around Gippsland and whatever it may be. And then Uh, you know, sort of following that pathway, um, getting into the the Gippy Power Program in Mm. under-15s and 16s, um, was fortunate enough to make the Vic country under-16 side. Um, And it was probably at that carnival uh, that I realised, I I thought I was pretty handy at the time, but I I got shown up quite quite a bit in that uh, under-16 carnival and realised I had a lot of work to do to try and catch up to the best players in Australia. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, I've realised quite early I was pretty talented at footy, um, but it was a, a real learning curve in that sort of 16-year, uh, f- you know, 15 turning 16 where I had a hell of a lot of work to do and, and sort of put some steps in place to make sure I improved a lot over the next couple of years to get myself in a position to, to be drafted, yeah.
0: How was it meeting the city kids? Yeah. You know, like I'm sure that would have been somewhat of a culture shock, you know, you know private school boys, you know, from a very different, You know Upbringing To to likely What you grew up with Yeah
1: for sure No very Look I think What I did have though I had um, I played a a lot of basketball Basketball was probably My main sport um, Up until sort of 14, 15 Um, Came down to Melbourne Played with the Melbourne Tigers For for that sort of Five, six year period And and so I got to know A a lot of the the city City boys And city lifestyle I guess Travelling up On a Sunday for training um, Playing Friday nights uh, A few times a week In the city And um, I think having that experience, doing a lot of travel, meeting new people, um, and you know, mum and dad were unbelievable in just punching k's in the old <laughs> Land Cruiser um, to and from Langatha and, and all over Melbourne. So, um, yeah, I think meeting different crew at the time helped me in good stead. Then, you know, growing up and, and coming into a, a, I guess, a more elite environment um, mm. and meeting different crew, but. Definitely uh, a different mob, the city crew, compared to country, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think just even just that, where you just get absorbed by a new community. and But also, there's something exciting about that difference, right? Of like being yeah, with the city it. kids, yeah. and you're like, put me in, and I'll see how I go. Yeah, absolutely. So then the draft happens... Most of us won't ever experience what it's like to go through that, particularly at a young age. What's going on for you inside where you're like, you know, it's exciting, you know, you're talking to different clubs, they're talking to you, your name's being kind of put out there in the media. Yeah. Like, what's that experience like?
1: Oh, it is it's it is surreal. It was an amazing sort of journey from that under-16 year where, you know, I, I really trying to figure out where I sat, how hard did I want to pursue this AFL dream, Um, I'd sort of given up on the basketball by then and just purely focused on footy. And, um, yeah, and I think just probably from dad, his real resilience and and drive um, was instilled at me in in a young age. And I just – something really clicked in me. And I just wanted to pursue that dream as hard as I possibly could when I was, you know, it's turning 16, 17. And um, just putting a lot of work in my body and fitness and um, improving my craft. And I think – You know, in my under-18s, bottom-age year, had a reasonable year, um, probably developed quite well, but it wasn't until I was top age with Gippsland Power that I really came on the radar with AFL clubs and um, probably deep within myself knew I could Mm. have a proper crack at this. Um, And, yeah, and just throughout that year, it was um, an awesome journey, sort of coming through captain of Gippsland Power and then uh, the Vic Country Carnival, um, just you know, coming through with some unbelievable players and, and lads, and then you, you follow the year further on, we managed to have a really successful year and made the TAC Cup Grand Final, got smoked by Calder, colder, which is flattening, but anyways, um, and then it, and it turns to to then progressing to um, talking to AFL clubs and getting a lot of interest through via my manager, uh, Marty Pask at the time, is, who has been unbelievable for me, um, and, you know, it was just a crazy journey, and going to school during yeah. the week and your mates are sort of semi-asking who's been talking to you and, and following your journey really closely as well. And they were so supportive in everything I did in terms of, yeah, you know, obviously couldn't rock up to, to parties and socialising that was happening a hell of a lot in that, you know, year 12 year. Um, and that, But they were just unbelievable in just knowing what I was pursuing and, and holding a real interest and just so supportive in whatever I wanted to do as well. Um, but yeah... A bit of a funny one leading into the draft, I'd, uh, draft camp and whatnot. Throughout that year, I'd spoken to every single club bar Essendon. I was a mad Essendon fan growing up. Um, and I was just semi-flat that the Dons hadn't spoken to me. And anyway, I uh, we got through the year and ended up the getting invited up to the draft, which is being held on the Gold Coast, camping with the family, uh, Burley Heads Caravan Park there. And anyway... It, couple of nights before the draft, get a call from Adrian Dodoro, head recruiter at, at the Bombers. He said, Dice, we, uh, I've got James Hurd on board. He was first year as coach. Um, and a couple of the other recruiters. And we're keen to come and have a chat. And I was like, oh, you're joking. So I'm kicking at my boardies and a singlet, like piping hot singlet. <laughs> and uh, they've um, rolled into the caravan park. Um, had to let him in at the boom gate. Come in. They literally sat around our camp chairs around the campsite with the tent in the background, uh, and that was my interview from the Bombers for the draft. And they said, um, "If you're available at, at pick eight tomorrow night, we're going to take you." And uh, yeah, there was a, a whole sort of backstory with um, you know, our doc letting out rumours about my groins and all this kind yeah. of jazz. So there was plenty of stuff going on. Had to meet with more clubs the night before the draft, things like that. But um, I was so so grateful, uh, you know, meeting my hero in Hurdy yeah. sitting on the um, you know our camp chair around our tent. And, uh, and then going to the bombers the next night so that Unbelievable. was a, yeah a pretty wild journey but just something I look back on with you know super fond memories
0: and so wholesome sitting <laughs> yeah, around there. it was, <laughs> it
1: was great yeah it's just like a you know didn't think much of it at the time but you look back and go Jesus that's a uh, that's a different type of um, interview from a club and just the way it all panned out was unreal yeah And
0: why was Hurdy such a role model for you?
1: Yeah I think oh look I was actually a, so when growing up family mad cats fans yeah. I was going for the Cats too. um, And then me and my cousin, we just decided to jump ship. I think Dons were going pretty well at the time. So we ended (laughs) up going for the Bombers when I was about four or five. Dad didn't want to borrow me for a while, but ended up getting the Dons kit. And then, yeah, I just just think the you know, obviously Hurdy, superstar player, um, his ability, but also his leadership. And you could see the care and joy that he had towards the team and the playing group and um, the way that he carried himself. I I just love the way he went about it. So... Um, and then coming into the club he was such a um, you know, mentor for me mm. they empowered me so much as a you know nine, 18, 19 year old coming in just to be myself and uh, bring my natural authentic flair to, to the team environment I thought it was
0: super so mm. yeah. so rare to hear from like uh, a role model of that era as well to, to hear mm. someone you know uh, w- there are incredible role models out there we've all been exposed to them at different times but you know I think, someone to encourage you to be yourself to bring your authentic flair as you yeah. said it's like that's pretty remarkable for him to see that inside you as like an 18 19 year old
1: yeah for sure now he was unreal and and you know it, uh, coming off the back of the old cultures of sort of wait your turn until you speak up earn your respect first before you, you you challenge someone or give anyone feedback and he was literally just straight off the cuff was mate you come in here age isn't a barrier um, you know, we'll give you the opportunity if you're willing willing to to work for it. And and you know, if you want to lead, you lead in your own way and just be yourself. And um, you yeah, know, so grateful for that. It just you know, I guess not a weight off the shoulders, but it was just like, ah, oh, that's awesome. I yeah. can just kick around and be myself. And um, yeah, it's something that then you know coming to leadership positions is just a massive part of what i want to drive as part of our culture is anyone that walks through that door um, as a young kid i just want them to feel super safe to be whoever they are and and, you know we want to embrace and celebrate uh, celebrate everyone's uniqueness
0: so refreshing to hear because you know, we've grown up and probably played in clubs and where it's been almost the opposite of that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it, it's yeah, like yeah. you know, it's about competition at all costs. It's like the alpha has the loudest voice in the room, he's kind of directing traffic, he's got yep. the quickest banter, he chases the most beautiful women, yep. parties are the longest, yeah, you guarantee. know, yeah. and it's like, cool but like how does that help us yeah. you know that might help you in a moment but like how does that help the overall culture
1: yeah for sure and that's and I've certainly been a part of that and 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 have dived into that looking up to older or bigger blokes in the team and going you know they they might pick on someone smaller oh, that's the cool thing they get a laugh yeah. out of that you know that's what i might have to do you know what i mean and you yeah. sort of conform to that yep this yeah. is the this is the way we're going here and it's amazing the influence when you are coming through those early teenage years that older older guys can have on you and the more influential people in your group can have and how they shape yep. semi who you are and and then it takes a while to figure out that shit that's not me yep. you know that is that's not me it doesn't sit right there's something there and um, I think just being able to lean into that as much as you can and, and having that awareness that it's not is the, can be the tough thing but um, you know, it's pretty rewarding and freeing when you do find that yeah
0: absolutely Dear Buckley and I talk about that on the couple podcasts we've been on of like this nature of like kind of performing a bit yeah you know but you're almost unconscious in doing it yeah, it's no, like yeah. that, that's the culture like I'm almost on autopilot doing it yeah but then there are certain things that happen where you're like Oh, that doesn't—that's against 100%. against yeah. my values. Yeah. But also, I kind of feel a bit trapped. Yep. Like I don't know how to navigate out of this. Yep. And the crazy thing in my experience is it often either takes a really exceptional role model to mm. kind of wake you up a bit, mm. or alternatively, it takes like a tragedy. Yes. You know, good call. Yep. Something to happen. Yep. You go, fuck! Like what was happening there? Yeah. Shit, Can't shit. believe I was going that way. Yep.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a good shout. And I think just on that, like one of the one of those sort of little. Stories when I first became captain and was given that role, um, a lot of the feedback throughout my journey around my leadership was, you know, I'm not stern enough, I'm mm. not hard enough, I'm not, you know, uh, aggressive enough towards, you know, the playing group and upholding extreme standards or whatever it may be. And in early days, I was like, okay, this is what they want from me. I need to be the, you know, the, the one that's not berating, but the loud vocal yep. voice that's holding everyone to account and whatever. And it just, you know, I, I definitely tried. Yeah. I was like, but it just wasn't me. Yeah. And it just never sat right. Now yeah. I, I nearly felt like, after you know having a, a fair dip at a couple of younger guys when you know they weren't training as well as they could have been or whatever. It mean, was just going that, that was shit ass. Like, yeah. that's not me. You know, I'm more of a far more come from a caring nature, rather just ask them how they're going and get it from them rather than me telling them what to do. And um, yeah, I just think it took that little bit of time to adjust and go. All right, why, why have I been Given this uh, Tremendous honour As a captain And it was For being who I was Being Mm. I didn't have to Change anything And it did take me A while To just to really You know Grasp that And feel comfortable In the role itself And um, I think just Knowing that I did Have the respect From the boys That um, you know I'm the leader for, for being who I am and have eventually found my niche and still learning a hell of a lot on the go but I've uh,
0: loved oh you period. haven't got it you haven't, yeah yeah <laughs> oh man absolutely <laughs> I thought you not. just got the level yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious about like you know in my experience of leadership there are like kind of certain almost like crucible moments that kind of shape our character development and our leadership and part of that is kind of fucking up or going the wrong way or what sometimes but also like just being exposed to moments of leadership from others that really mm. kind of imprint themselves on who we are and maybe we're not present to it at the time sure. but it's one of those things that kind of sprouts over time Yep. have there been any moments of real leadership in your life and it doesn't even have to be in a sporting context that you've been like that really inspires me I almost don't even know why yeah, but it just okay. inspires me
1: yeah fair cool um oh look it's it's probably going right into the thick of it but um, during throughout our saga that we had um, Joe being the captain at the time he was just unbelievable in terms of protecting his playing group at all costs mm. and it probably went unrecognised from myself at the time um, but looking back on it now like he, he was just amazing in terms of the way he held himself the extra things that he did away from the limelight and away from the cameras to try and ensure that we were all okay as people, as players and that, that it was going to be alright and just having his um, influence and uh, I guess the way he carried himself really, I think helped put me at ease, helped me feel like I was it was all going to be okay no matter what um, and look, he, he even I, I feel Job really, in the end, sacrifices a lot of his own individual performance and accolades and whatever it may be to protect his teammates and that, you know that's just a sign of tremendous leadership and um, yeah something that I'm just extremely grateful for to have him at the time to get and help guide us through that
0: yeah and man even from a media perspective just the battering he caught, oh, yeah, right no it w- was yeah. just you know it was the the beginning of the clickbait era mm, you know mm. and, and I think you know, people. Some people will likely never know th- what he did for that playing group, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's for me coming back to your point. That that is leadership, right? Yeah. It's doing the right thing when no one's looking. It's doing the thing, not expecting a return, but because it's morally aligned with who you are. Yeah, for sure. And, that's I, right. and I think just incredibly powerful for you. You know, the captain now to reflect back on moments like that yeah. is, is huge what do you think like being a professional athlete who's a captain what is it that people don't see like that i think that's a phenomenal example mm, with joe mm, but like mm. what are the parts that we don't see that goes in like almost the magic and the glue yeah. but sometimes a bit messy you yeah, know true.
1: yeah um oh look there, there are obviously a few extra commitments that you do have to um uphold as part of being part of the captain or leadership group in itself um you know there's the extra coterie group functions things like that that are you know, the smaller side of it, but, um, I guess the little bits of the, the, just the daily interactions, the daily conversations, the upholding of standards, the, um, little, little pieces within the club that make up the culture. And, I just think the the influence of your core group of players and the leaders themselves have such a big play in what that culture looks like, and the young guys coming in can get a real feel and sense for it really quickly. Mm. So I, I just feel it's getting it's trying to be that link from the coaches. Um, and the playing group to just all build on this one aligned collective culture that you want to f- want to enforce and drive and um, yeah that, that takes a lot of work it does we, like it's um, you, you need to sort of be on the button in terms of little things that pop up being able to knock them on the head straight away without letting them fester and becoming a larger issue than what they need to be and then it becomes a tough conversation so um, yeah I think it's just all those little little pieces that, that sort of go unnoticed but are, are big in the long run
0: absolutely and i think like catching things before they drift mm. oh yeah no idea. such an important and sometimes we have to learn that lesson yeah, quite a few times guaranteed, because yeah. it's also scary back to your point around like asserting yourself as a leader part of that um can be confronting but then also like you know, the, inter, like the conflict, you know, the, mm. the, the, name, I'm, I'm going to be that guy that kind of kills the buzz here. Yep, yep. For sure. And are they going to get angry at me? Not trust me. Am I not, yeah, are they going to, you know, respect a, yeah, me, absolutely, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. It's such a tough, <laughs> tough one to handle at times. But I think if you, if it all starts with relationships yep. and genuine care and they know you're coming from the right place, yeah, then it's so much easier to handle. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah, a fundamental principle, I think, is wonderful in any context, any culture, like professional sport, business, or just life, is relationship before transaction. Yeah, yeah love it's, it. It's yeah. like, you got to have that trust and connection before I can, you know, let alone tackle the biggest guy on the field, yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but all, all, like, I can trust you to share something, you know, that's really incredibly vulnerable that I need you to hold right yeah, now, for you know, sure. that got to be there yeah. so how how do you as the cap like the captain of the club try and create that culture for the younger guys stepping in mm. like what what is there and also like maybe just talk to culture because it kind of gets thrown around a bit like culture you know what's the culture yeah, but like sure. my experience is like until i've actually felt and been in a healthy culture i just kind of didn't know what it was couldn't agree more
1: could not agree more and it's probably only really this last 12 months last 18 months since um ben rutten truck has taken over as coach and the playing group that we have at the moment and the type of characters that are involved has really gave me a sense for what culture is all about um and i feel it it is something that is constantly moving and growing and adapting for the type of people that come in and out of the footy club as well and um yeah as you say i I I really feel we're building towards something special at the moment and just loving the environment we're in and have always believed that culture precedes performance and you you get that right and then the rest of the rest falls into place and I think in terms of um, what you can do with the young guys coming into the club, it's, it's just getting to know them. It's, it's making sure that they, they realise that you're there for them no matter what. Um, and, and just have a, I think, put a, a nice little support network around them from the senior players to go, yeah. boys, we just want you to be yourself, do your thing. Um, we're always going to support you. Make mistakes. You know, you're only going to grow and learn if you do make mistakes and we'll embrace that. Um, and just make them feel really comfortable as soon as they walk in the door mm. um, and a big part of that was a, um, a little induction that we, we had with those first year players and even new staff that come in to get them really aligned to our values and um, what we stand for and that's also looking back at the history of the footy club, what Essendon was founded, founded from and the type of people, the type of players and um, I think they really enjoyed that, got a lot out of it so they're now Essendon people and it's um, pretty special.
0: What I also hear in that is it's about not just developing the player, but developing the person. Yeah, big time. That's it, right? Yeah. And it's like they come in as you know, sometimes as boys, yep, you know, and and leave as men, you know, of character. Really, yep. that's the goal. Guaranteed. Who can also perform on the field. That's right. Yeah. 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 And for in terms of the um, the club dynamic, how do you how do you navigate like the just on a, a personal level, like running out. Onto like the MCG, yeah. you know, a pumped crowd, like so. Like I said at the beginning, so many people will just never experience that moment. Can you just talk us through? Like you've got the culture, you've got the team, you've yep. got the brotherhood, and you're running out. Like, what's that moment like?
1: Like, it is nuts. It is honestly nuts, and it's something that um, or I, I do remember back to my first, like I think it was NAB Cup at the time, first NAB Cup game, and uh, I came out was at Marvel Stadium or Eddie had and i remember coming out and running out the race and going like the buzz that i got through my body i'd never experienced before just this feeling of electricity and energy and i remember after the game sitting in the locker room going that is so addictive like that feeling that i got was like that is nuts you know and then that was only nab cup leading into my debut um yeah played at at marvel again in 40 in front of 40 odd thousand and that was just a next level experience, and then you go again to my first ANZAC Day game. It probably game game six, I think it was, in front of a hundred thousand. And I remember the the minute silence, standing there out on the ground, and you could hear a baby cry in the top tier. And I was just smiling. The whole I was just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and no doubt along comes with that is extreme nerves yeah anxiousness there's a whole whole roller coaster of emotions but um i think if you just embrace and accept that and and learn to love that like yeah. that feeling is just is unbelievable yeah um yeah it's it is hard to explain but it's something that uh, you know I'll, i i think the day i finish footy will be that'll be the one thing that i'll really really miss you know yeah oh
0: yeah. i'm i can almost feel it <laughs> from here <laughs> you know but then I think the other side to that is you have these incredible peak experiences, and and it's and you're hyper on too. Like you you're all your senses are so attuned. But then we're also humans, and yeah. there is the come down from that experience too. Could you talk us through like if that is true, and, and if so, like what happens?
1: Sure. Yeah. Okay. I guess yeah. It, it is a tough one. You you know coming off the the massive highs and lows of of you know wins and losses yeah. is is something that I think myself and as a team over the years we've been caught on that roller coaster of you know going overboard after a win and you know you end up a bit lethargic and whatnot throughout that week and it's the uh, term complacent I wouldn't say it's complacency but it's just the feeling of that high and just you know thinking it's going to happen again and you just Go searching for that feeling, yeah. and you end up going away from yeah. you know, what makes you makes it good. What makes you a good player and team. So, mm. um, I think it took time to learn just to semi get off that roller coaster, yeah. keep things as stable as possible. But also, like when you do have a a great moment or a great team win is really celebrate that. Yeah. Enjoy that moment. Don't don't try and go, no, nah, no, nah, we're moving on to next week. Yeah. Just, just yeah, if, if feel what you feel and just enjoy it and embrace that but also, you know, when things aren't going so well, just understand that it's never as bad as what you think it is and yeah. try and level out that, you know, bring the water level up a bit. So, yeah, nice. Um, yeah, it's been a big learning for me over the time with that one.
0: Yeah, yeah and I love what you said as well because I think there was a period of time and maybe it's still present in sport where it was like, no, no, we got to, you know, yeah, don't worry, it. the job's not done, yeah, but, you yeah. know, the, the yeah. grand final's just another game, that's you it. know, it's like, well, actually it's not, yep. you know, it's the grand final and you know what, well, we've worked our asses off to get here and we've earned this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah. it, it's kind of this like, are we all just going to pretend we're lying to each other now? Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. So true. And you have yeah. to, you have to celebrate those small moments yeah. right along the way. No doubt.
0: That's it. And I think coming back to culture, you know, taking stock and celebrating wins is mm. incredible incredibly important yep. you know because you not only reflect but you, you just you look and you feel how you earned That's it That's it no doubt yeah That's yep. it the know? reinforcement the That's feeling
1: it. and that yeah exactly
0: yeah. The and we can go again yeah. but right now let's be present Yeah guaranteed yeah nice. love that love it And and so how do you like with all this kind of you know you've had a few years in the seat now of leadership, but like you still have to front up to be the guy, Mm, you know, like mm, mm. walking down the street, you see dice or can we get a quick photo? You know, it's like you're living your life just as you, but other people seeing you, it's their first, sometimes their first experience of you, right? Yeah, sure. And if you're just having a shitty day, like the rest of humanity, you know, then – like, and you're not as happy or you didn't answer the thing as cleanly as you want to, yeah, like, yeah. they just don't get that, right? Yeah, like, true, that's, so yeah. how do So how do you just navigate just that, almost the always-on mentality? Yep, yep, that's a fair shout. Look, I certainly don't
1: get as much attention since I cut the dreads off now, <laughs> which <laughs> is nice. Um But look, it is a... I've always been extremely grateful for, one, our supporters, but just the kindness of fans in general. And it's something that I've always... Not said to myself, but I've always just enjoyed those daily interactions with fans or whoever it may be that just wants to have a chat or, you know, just hear some beautiful stories of parents coming up saying, you know, you're such an inspiration to my kids or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, or thanks for signing their card or just these little things, visiting kids in hospitals. And I just get such a buzz out of that. Um, It's, yeah, but on that point, I do remember after a massive clinic we had out at the club one time. I was just like itching to get out of there, done, fatigued, come off a loss the night before. And I was just getting bombarded with signatures on the way to the car. And I ended up, I remember I was right near the car and I knocked a bloke back. I knocked a bloke back from a signature. And he didn't spray me, but he, he just, the look of disappointment on his face. And then I, I quickly went, turned around to do it for him. So I was like, oh my God, that just felt horrible. And mm. he said, no, you can like pretty much get stuffed. And from that point, I was like, "I'm never, I'm never going to bar anyone from a signature. I will never do that." And I felt it myself when I was uh, at, at a function when I was in India at one stage. Funnily, um, I won't name him, but a, an elite cricketer barred me from a signature and then I felt what that feels like and I just thought no I will never I'll never do that to anyone if they if they want something for them or their kids or whoever whoever it may be so yeah
0: well well, I think that's a reflection on you know your value system too there as well and you know it's more than just the people pleaser it's the gratitude that I hear. no doubt yes
1: yes yeah absolutely and 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 it's like I I don't know I'm just so grateful for the position that I'm in Mm. um and the if I can bring joy to someone's day or whatever it may be, then, then I love that. Like I'll give them more than a time of day. Yeah,
0: So good, man. I love that. And just on on that thread outside of footy, you know, you're quite involved in quite a few causes or one particular cause that's close to your heart. Yep. Love to just hear you share a little bit more about that.
1: Um Back, uh, yeah, it was a while ago now. My grandmother, my Omar, uh, passed away from a condition called scleroderma. Um, it's like an autoimmune disease that attacks all the major organs in your body. Um, and from that, um, I became an ambassador for the scleroderma foundation, just learning more about it. It's not well known or mm. there's no cure, um, at this stage and we needs a lot more awareness, recognition and funding to try and uh, get down that path towards a cure, but, um, uh, something that I hold, you know, I'm very proud to be the ambassador for the foundation, and I've just met some unbelievable people through this, um, you know, through through this little setup, and uh, one of those being um, little Harrison Pennycott, uh little H Man, uh, youngest, I'm pretty sure the youngest in the world to be diagnosed with scleroderma. Um, he was a mad little Bombers fan, mm-hmm. and he came out to the club um, going back, geez, it'd be six, five, six years ago now, and. I remember meeting him at the time and um, he was this most shyest little kid. Hardly got a word out of him on the first day, but um, you know, met his beautiful family and his brother and um, gave him a tour through the footy club. And anyway, thought, didn't think much of it and thought oh, he's just a ripper little kid. But anyway, um, and then got in touch again not long after through a, a function I think we had with scleroderma. And that next day was like, I could not shut him up. He was just the most bubbly, energetic Just beautiful little kid. And I was like, this kid is a weapon. I love him. And anyway, from that point, we've just got this built this uh, unreal little friendship. And he's just like, I don't know, every time I hang out with him, I just leave full of life. And just Mm. the way he just approaches things and the troubles and whatnot that he's been through is just ridiculous. Hard to explain how much he's had to go through. Um, And just the attitude that he has on life and his outlook and – I don't know, for such a young kid, nine years old and has this head on him of a 30-year-old, I reckon the, the emotional maturity yeah. of of an elderly man is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I think that what he's had to move through is more than most of us yeah. go through an entire lifetime. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Is there anything particular that you, you've learned from him just from seeing his resiliency over over the time that you've known him?
1: Yeah, look, I, I just... One thing that really sticks out is that... Some, someone else's problems are always bigger than yours. You know, he, we, he, the, this is going back maybe a month ago now. He was, had to get a finger removed due to some staph infection that he, that he had in his hands. And anyway, his mum rang and just said, look, he's a bit, little bit nervous about his um, operation tomorrow. Um, can you give him a buzz? So gave him a buzz. And anyway, we're just talking through it and whatnot. And he, by the end of it, he just said, oh, look. He goes, who needs fingers anyway? And like I was just like, man, what is just this? Like, what is that attitude? I just love it. Like he's like, you know, other people have got more problems than what I've got going on, and it's just like, I don't know where he comes up with his stuff, where he's heard it, but he's just a yeah, just a little trooper, and just I don't know, fills me with a hell of a lot of life. Another one I came in from a loss. Um, against Geelong I think it was country round and came down the race he was sitting on his dad's shoulders and um, I could see him from a mile back just waving did could not care that we just lost and I, I stinker and anyway I just I ended up grabbing him off his dad's shoulders and carried him into the rooms and you have your de, you have your debrief after the game and I remember getting up and sort of you know in front of the boys and I started getting a bit heated and Swearing a bit, yeah, and H just sort of grabs me on the legs, and he's just like, Geez, you're swearing a lot, and it just gave me like the <laughs> biggest, like, right in front of just interrupted the speech, yeah. And I was just like, Had a snigger, a laugh, and it was sort of just relaxed the whole environment. And it's like, Man, what did, you know, in the end, this does not mean much at all. Oh man, I, I don't know. know, yeah, it's just a, a little chant.
0: Oh, uh, and just like uh, someone who's living life, you know, and I think balances out a loss, right, in yeah, the no, scheme of things, no, right, guaranteed, yeah. Oh man, and I think. It sounds like it keeps you balanced too, right? Yeah, for that sure. that work off the field, not even work, you mm, know, just mm. something that feels aligned to who you are, puts yep. it all in perspective.
1: Yeah, that's right. Absolutely, I do get a, a lot of joy from it, and and just the the people that I've that I've been fortunate enough to meet through it is um, is pretty special. Yeah,
0: amazing, mate. Just on the theme of off the field, you you've been with uh, Kate for for quite a while. Yeah, what's the origin story of you two?
1: Yeah, yeah, Kate and I. Geez, we're coming up year twelve now, so. <laughs> Far out, we're getting deep into it um, But no, look, we're family friends since we were kids uh, Went to the same primary school, she was a year younger um, Along along with her twin, she's a twin with Alex um, And then a lot of water skiing weekends away with the families and, and other mates of ours growing up And um, and then I guess we hit it off when we were sort of 16, 17 um, yeah, my best mate was actually her best mate, Nico, as kids as well. And he sort of linked us up and away we went. So, um, yeah, look, I, I think it's been a, just an unbelievable journey. She was still doing year 12 when I was uh, drafted. Um, I was probably a horrendous boyfriend in my first year of footy, just so, <laughs> so committed to my footy. I don't think I even picked her up from the train station when she'd come down. I'd make her find her way to the house and things like that. And I look back going, my God, how did she stay with me back then? But um, she's just been an unbelievable support of mine. And um, I just love her. In terms of like an, an emotional mm. side of things, she's taught me a hell of a lot. So much just to be willing to open up, be vulnerable, um, share whatever's going on. And she's, uh, she's just been huge in that capacity and um, uh, just so, so grateful for our relationship, everything she's done for me um and yeah she's uh I know she inspires me every day too just for who she is and um the outlook that she has on life
0: yeah oh, so good man I, I can't like it's for me one of the challenges in my relationship is like i invest so much in work and like you know growing and like you know getting goals etc but then sometimes i come back into my relationship but i don't have the energy mm, to give mm-hmm. and then like loz my partner is like she's like where are you spending your time like you, you know mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. this is us this is our life yep. we're building it and like yep. that's been like such a journey for me but then again like imagine for you there's the travel component too for there's sure. the, like the body soreness there's like yeah, you know no like
1: all of that oh don't get me wrong kate hates footy at, t- at times <laughs> she's been waiting for me to retire for 6 years <laughs> i reckon but no look in, in on that like uh, she has had to sacrifice an enormous yeah. amount for that yeah. and no doubt she understands every time like you know can't come for a beer on a friday or yeah. you know go to this you know birthday party or whatever it may, it may be and get don't know, KT loves a beer that's that's for sure <laughs> and uh but look yeah she definitely understands definitely has our times where we do kick off because of that yeah. um just can't i guess yeah we're trying to build this life together and want to yeah. do things that that she absolutely loves and and I love it that she wants me there all the time, uh, you know, which is pretty special, but, um, yeah, she's just unbelievably supportive along those lines. She knows that, you know, it doesn't last forever and pursue, pursue it as long as you like. And, um, but I think, uh, once I call it a day, she'll be uh, KT time for a couple of years, I think. So she'll,
0: she'll be clocking on. And that's yeah, it. Yeah. She's
1: clocking on. So yeah, but look, I'm you know, I'm super excited for that stage as well. Anyway, whenever that may be, but uh, yeah, there you go.
0: Amazing man, and shout out to Kate. Like, yeah. well done for hanging in there. Yeah. I promise it'll be worth it. I yeah, love your work, Dale. Keep punching. <laughs> Keep punching. Um, <laughs> just on that theme of, of transitioning out of sport, like it's. It's interesting, just like that that period where so much identity is wrapped up, you know, and even the peak experiences of running out in the G and. You know, that's a thing that, you, you know, you're likely going to miss. Um, but then we hear so many stories of guys who are transitioning out of sport and, you know, often from f- professional sport, it's like you're actually shown the door. Mm, so, mm, you, mm. You, you, you don't the transition out is tough because there's almost like a severing of a tie. Yeah, yep, no Yet idea. you've been so embedded and knitted into a community that's done so much, you know, kind of supported you and taking care of everything for you. Yes. And now suddenly you're out on your own. And a certain few can transition into commentary or coaching, but then there's a vast majority that can't. Yep. How do you start to think about that transition out of sport for you? And yeah, well, like wh- anything that makes you excited or mm. nervous in that transition? Mm. No,
1: it's it's semi like hit me a couple of times where I do get shit scared about it, to yeah. be honest. It's um a bloody tough period, I reckon. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen guys that have handled it really well and seen the other side of the spectrum too where it just hits them in the face that yeah. I've left the game with with not a lot, you know, nothing to really fall back on and that can be a really tough and trying period and a lot of it, I think, is centred around just, just your purpose yeah. in general, you yeah. know? Like, you have you have an, a really set purpose when you are within a footy yeah. club and, you know, heading towards something and then you leave the game with, shit, what, what's next? Yeah. And I, I think... Crucial for me was doing a lot of work around what I stand for and who I am as a person outside of a footballer, yeah. not just being put in the bucket of dice and the footballer. Yeah, I, that's just what I do, not who I am. And yeah. um, I think as long as I can align myself to that, then I'm good. Um And the networks and support that we've had around the Essendon Footy Club too, I've just been uh, fortunate to meet some amazing people that i have been able to invest in various businesses and just learn on the go, um, you know, spending a bit of time in board meetings and in those businesses, which has been really cool as a learning experience. Never had any main motivation to, to study or anything like that. So, um, yeah, look, I've got a, a fair few passions outside of the game. Um, Dad was a builder, so I've always loved property. Um, so, that, there may be some piece um, down the property track post footy. I love the wellness side of things and yeah. um, the mental side of the sport in yeah. itself. So, um, yeah, Mays try and sort of head down that path as well. But for what exactly it looks like, I have no bloody idea. Scares me, excites me. Um, But I feel like, you know, I'll find my way as we go and, yeah, see how we go.
0: Nice. And I think what you've done, you've planted the seeds already, you know, whether it's you know, investments, just being in boardrooms who are exposed to it, you're developing your network so you're surrounded by a community. True. So that you're not just straight out naked in the wild. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. That's cool. And and so I just want to go back to what you said as well around like doing the, your own personal work. And mm-hmm. I know this, you know, I know this through your beautiful brother, Jamin, that, that's a big part of his identity yeah, too sure. of growth. What did it look like or what does it look like for you to kind of work out what your purpose is, what your values are outside of just Dyson, the, the captain of the footy club?
1: Yeah, sure. I think I've done a couple of little processes, um, one through the footy club and one externally, but a lot of it is you know, based around just finding out um a list of things that you value um what you stand for and then i just came up with six core values that that i really want to stand for um and then you know it's it's sort of about filling those buckets and you know having that awareness of where you might be lacking in in your life if things pop up and you're not feeling um the best that you you should or, or that you want to and and just having an awareness of, okay, where am I lacking in my life? And then just focusing some attention there. You might be filling up separate buckets as you go and making sure that you stay at a nice level, you know, a nice level level. And um, I think, um, you know, a big part of that for me is around, you know, meditation, journaling, gratitude, things like that that just uh, really help keep me stable as well.
0: Love it I think for me personally Those are kind of The cornerstones Of my wellbeing practice As mm. well and, and I think that The art of it For me has been If I forget those things Or I'm not doing those things Not to just judge myself yeah, For guaranteed. it Yeah guaranteed Cause then yep. it becomes It's own loop And mm. you can't just Wig yourself out And you're judging yourself For not keeping up Your mental health yep. routine Or whatever yep. it is it, Nah spot on It's it just on. You know it's yep. like It's just cool I haven't been doing it Let's lightly step back into it yep. And get the train going again.
1: Yeah guaranteed I know You, you see a lot of people That just haven't I guess have an experience whether it may be meditation or whatever just go full noise into a yeah. half hour a day or whatever it may be and it's just like that's not going to last so nah, exactly. I think those little bits and another part for me too was having uh, you would know uh, Hugh Van yeah. um through Hugh's work and the resilience project and started off with his gratitude journal and um, punching that out every morning doing the or every evening doing the journal and then meditating 10 minutes a day in the mornings when I wake up and it was just such a structured routine and then I kind of figured that it wasn't translating to other parts of my life and Mm. trying to be present and in um in separate moments throughout my life so sort of tried to scrap the routine a bit and this is only recently really and and just try and you know try and bring bits of meditation into my daily life whether it's walking up to get a coffee eating breakfast brushing your teeth you know things like that that just sort of i think a far more meaningful and you know translate right across your, your broader life rather than just having it so structured and set.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, I think it's the integration, right? Yeah, and, guaranteed. And, and then the the being present of you know, I'm in an Uber. Do I watch a highlights video? You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or do I sit here and actually go? You know, I'm just going to do my breathing. Yeah, for whatever. Exactly. Seconds. No like, doubt. So many yeah. ways you can do it for sure. Yeah. I think it's kind of like you know, the there are so many things pulling us out of doing that. Like mm. there's so many seductive things that are like you know the apps or my notifications or like mm-hmm. you know, and so many pleasure seeking activities yeah. that that. It, it it's almost hard to go against our own conditioning because we're so wired to like distract ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know personally, some of the most profound moments of like insight, wisdom, or just like slowing down have come when I had just no tech. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed.
1: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, even going camping uh, the weekend, just going like getting away, no service up in the bush, um, and just like you actually feel so so refreshed coming yeah. back a few days later and you go, that's wicked. And then you sort of sit down and you lock into sixty unread emails and you sort of bury back into it and you sort of gotta catch yourself. Yeah. You know, at times and um just having that awareness, trying to bloody scrap of it scrap of much as it uh, as much of it as you possibly can, I reckon.
0: That's it. And having the foresight to kind of almost just put them in your calendar and kind of certain days in your yeah. year. So you know you've got that just to kind of chill out. That's it.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, even on things like social media like so many, I think, there's crew out there that are saying it's such a cancerous thing and it's so bad. and, and Yeah. And, oh, but I think it can be so powerful as yeah. well with a... You know a lot of great work that organisations are doing, and individuals, and inspiring people, and so I love it for that type of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's absolutely it's a tool, and how do we choose yeah, to use that tool? It. Yeah, um, you know, can we set our own boundaries around turning off our notifications, you know, airplane etc. Yeah. And also to your point, like I've had some of the most incredible educational experiences mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah, guaranteed. And exposed to people I would never normally find. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. We don't hear that talked about too often, mm-hmm. but I think.
1: But also being sucked into the sponsored ads and buying heaps of clothes that I shouldn't so I'm also still uh, trying to navigate that
0: one (laughs) yeah and if you want to buy any personal care buy stuff (laughs) exactly (laughs) stuff Uh, got me that's it um mate Final, final thing. Just as we wrap up, we're just, um, you know, interested in like the younger version of ourselves. Mm. So, I'm, um, you know, the part of obviously the origin of stuff is is man cave and supporting boys to, you know, not just for boys but for themselves, have better relationships and better communities. Yep. Any advice like that you would give to your younger self now that you've got a bit of bit more time in the ring else yeah. is there any advice that you give to your younger self and it, it, again it doesn't have to be polished or perfect yeah. just just whatever resonates
1: with you true advice to my younger self i think for me a lot of what i try and live by is just being so just genuine and, and care for others i, d- I just feel yeah they're actually touching on this when i was I reckon I remember in grade two, part of that conforming to a certain look or image, I remember that I had a couple of mates that were, you know, they were quite stern and and were bullies, right? And I remember bullying uh, a couple of girls in my my year. And I remember my teacher named Sue Bolshan, people who went to Langatha Primary School will know Miss Bolshan inside out. I was shit scared of her. And anyway, she was actually unbelievable in recognizing what I was doing and instead of berating me or giving me an absolute serve she literally just sat me down and made me understand what I had caused and the emotional um tra- or not trauma the but impact the, the impact that yeah. I had had, and you know, I think just the way she went about it in such a caring manner was just so influential in my life at that time. And yeah. I never knew that, yeah. never knew that. But I look back at that period and go, shit, I, I grew so much in grade two from one teacher having the time of day and showing, I think, genuine care for me as, yeah. as well, not only the girls that I was hurting, to understand that and i was like yeah look back and go i'm so grateful for that I'm i'm probably still am shit scared of her but i was so grateful for for the way she handled that yeah um and then the next week of those mornings she'd actually i think part of my punishment she made me carry her books from her car to the classroom every morning and i actually got i don't know i got so much respect for her about the way she punished me yeah and just getting to know her through that little period too um yeah, it was pretty cool. And it's something, I don't reckon I've ever told that story, but something that just clicked in my mind. And anyway, younger self, show genuine care to others. And mm. I think, you know, what you give back is what you receive as mm. well. So... Um, yeah, big one for me.
0: I love that. And and for me, that's it's the teachable moments with young people, mm. you know, and it's like, are you doing that because you just want to fit in? Yeah. And actually, I know who you are behind that. So I'm yeah, just going to use that. this moment yep. just to go, hey, I know you didn't mean that. Here's the impact of your behavior. Yep. Now what? Yeah, no, you know? yeah. yeah oh, I guaranteed. love that. Yeah. Well, well, Dice, absolute pleasure. Um, man, love your family. Paul, Anne-Marie, Jamin, Az, you love know, Kate, yeah. like – uh, as I said extremely extremely grateful for the role you guys have played in the journey of Man Cave and now stuff and I just think you're an extraordinary leader too so thank you mate
1: uh, Hunter, thanks brother really appreciate you mate and absolutely inspired by everything you're doing as well so keep punching bro and we'll, um, we'll link up.
0: nice Good you <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks brother thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the podcast or got some value out of it we'd love your help to grow this thing you can subscribe to the channel, share it with your mates or show us some love on socials. We want to impact as many lives as possible and we'd love your help in getting this out there. Thanks again.